Today, we're taking you on a one-of-a-kind road trip across Europe, one that goes through the picturesque Champagne region in France to the speedy turns of Germany's Autobahn. And what makes this road trip special? It was done behind the wheel of a Tesla Model S. This is TikTok. I'm David Myers. Joining me today from Paris is the reporter who made this trek, Marie Mawad. Good to have you with us, Marie. Hi, David. Good to be here. So first off, what inspired you to, to do this road trip? Well, I've been uh, driving electric cars around uh, Paris, where I, where I live, uh, for, for years now. Uh, the city's had a, a car-sharing scheme of uh, electric cars and charging stations around pretty much every neighborhood. So what I wanted to do, do is push things a little bit further and try and go out of the city for a longer road trip using a battery-powered uh, vehicle. And so what I did is I drove for 715 miles wow. back and forth. Uh, from Paris to Mannheim uh, in Germany uh, on basically the longest road trip I took personally in a, an electric vehicle. And what electric vehicle did you make this journey in? So that's actually pretty funny because looking to rent an EV for this road trip, I actually had a lot of trouble finding one uh, from Paris. So most of the big car rental companies don't actually rent um, electric vehicles. So I ended up finding a uh, Tesla for this uh, trip. Uh, it was a Model S, and it was from 2015, so a little bit older than the current models. And so I had about 215 miles on that battery when I had a full charge going. And how would you describe the state of electrical vehicles in Europe, in France, overall right now? Well, as, as often in Europe, the uh, Nordic countries are a little bit in a different situation. They're a bit more advanced than the rest of Europe. But if setting these Nordic countries aside, uh, the rest of Europe is... is not very much advanced uh, on electric uh, car usage and electric car driving outside of cities. So there are a few cities that have deployed you know, infrastructure, kind of like Paris has, mm -hmm. has done. But as soon as you get out into the countryside or try to do longer distances, um, you know, there's not that many people using electric vehicles. There's really not that much infrastructure deployed yet, or, or at least it feels insufficient in people's minds. And this is you know, what you see in a lot of surveys with consumers is they'll tell you, you know, I'm not ready to go full electric in 2019. And there's a recent survey by Deloitte, which showed actually fewer than 6% of Europeans were ready to go full electric. Wow. So you you sat down, you decided you're going to take this trip. Uh, how did you map it out? Well, um, as, as most people, and as, as a lot of these uh, European consumers, uh, my main concern was, am I going to find charging stations to be able to plug into if I run out of juice, right? And this is what comes out with people as the kind of main concern uh, after, after price ta the expensive price tag of a lot of these electric vehicles. The main concern that pops up is, you know, am I going to be able to charge? And so what I initially did is I, you know, used a lot of, um, of tools that I could find online uh, to try and figure figure out where are their charging stations and uh, how am I going to be able to, to refill my car along the way. Now, uh, Tesla's charging infrastructure is a little bit different from what uh, everyone else is deploying out there because it's proprietary. So you can plug in a Tesla into Tesla's infrastructure, but you can't plug in other cars mm. into it. So I use Tesla's tools to start trying to plan my trip. But my goal wasn't so much to just think of it as a Tesla user, but to think of the infrastructure more broadly for anyone who would be driving an electric vehicle, no matter the brand. And so I also looked at uh, competitors and other um, charging infrastructure stations around Europe using open source and other platforms. So you hit the road on day one and you kind of learned right away what you're talking about is, is the, the problem of finding a place to charge. 
Yeah, I hit the road heading towards uh, Mannheim, and I knew I wanted to make this into a road trip, so I didn't want to go, you know, in, in one straight line. Uh, my goal was to do this over four days, and um, the reason why I picked Mannheim is because it's the home uh, of the automobile where Carl Benz, so you recognize his name from uh, Mercedes-Benz, of, of course, where Carl Benz and his wife uh, invented the uh, first automobile, and actually his wife, who's called Bertha, uh, drove this uh, this first car, which was a three-wheeler with a lever, and she drove it from Mannheim to another German city called Pforzheim, uh, which is uh, 110 miles from there. So I figured I'd get from Paris to Mannheim, and then from there go along Bertha's route. Now, I headed out and only you know, less than, than you know, an hour or so into my trip, I ran into the kind of the first surprise, which is that the supercharger station that I was hoping to stop at, uh, so hoping to stop there and have a lunch around the Champagne region. Um, nice, that supercharger gorgeous actually, region with wonderful food and, and great Champagne, I imagine. Yeah, so I had, you know, stars in my eyes, uh, hoping to have a nice lunch uh, while the car charged and uh, maybe, you know, a, a sip of, uh, of champagne. And uh, actually, uh, the first surprise was that the charging station I had in mind uh, turned out to be unavailable then. Um, you know, it happens very rarely, uh, it turns out, but sometimes there are outages. And so this is what happened in this case. So I had to reroute. And I ended up um, near a highway uh, at a Burger King. So that was, uh, <laughs> was surprise number one. So, how did the rest of the day go then after you had your Le Whopper? Uh, yeah, my uh, my Le Whopper was uh, was great. I waited for uh, my car to charge, uh, and uh, and from then I guess the the sort of learning curve that a lot of people told me about before I left on the trip, um, you know, started very quickly. Um, the the first time I charged the car, you know, people had told me don't charge it 100% because you should stop more often and do smaller charging uh, sessions. But, you know, I still had hundreds and hundreds of miles to go, and it kind of psychologically felt weird not to charge the car fully given, you know, I had only 215 miles on a full charge. So I stayed there by the highway, and I charged my car near the Burger King and then uh, drove to to, um, my next station uh, from there where, you know, again, the idea of charging very often but only a little bit each time kind of felt awkward at first and a little bit uncomfortable, to be honest. So that takes us to day two. Um, you've learned the charging uh, aspects and you've you've gotten your, your burger cake. How did day two go, though? Uh, day two went um, a little bit different. Uh, part of that is because of the different types of chargers that I encountered. Now, going into the trip, uh, I realized it was very hard to know in advance whether I was going to be faced with uh, you know, a, a very fast charging station or a kind of slow or very slow charging station. Um, the only ones that are clearly marked are Tesla superchargers, but anything else um, was kind of hard to know, you know the performance or how long I was going to be stuck there uh, trying to charge the car. And so in this case, um, you know, in, in day one, I had a, a charger at my hotel, which was a bit of a slower charge, but that's fine because of staying there overnight. Um, in day two, it was a bit more of a surprise because yeah, I got to Mannheim and I saw the, the replica of the first car and I went to a car museum, which basically has yeah, hundreds of vintage cars and I'm visiting all of this. But as I try to find charging stations in the area, I kind of struggled because some of them were marked on Google Maps, but I actually couldn't find them in real life. 
and so I ended up, you know, the, the usual kind of stuck in traffic looking for, for something that I wasn't really sure where to find or what it would look like. And so because there weren't any superchargers, you know, inside the city downtown, they're typically situated near highways, uh, It was that's where the struggle started to really try and figure out any of the, of the rival infrastructures wow. for charging. It's so interesting to kind of get that sense that uh, this is the wave of the future, but we're clearly not there yet. Yeah, we're we're probably not there yet, uh, especially not in terms of uh, of infrastructure. I mean, this this story and what I wanted to look into was really not so much about the car. I, I took a Tesla; it could have been something else. Mm-hmm. Um, the the goal was really to look at whether the infrastructure is sufficient today to address this range anxiety that people are uh, expressing, and this idea that they may or may not find somewhere to plug into. And actually, it's pretty funny because um, you know Bertha Benz's story kind of uh, echoes that uh, when she headed out with the first car, um, you know, there weren't any gas stations and the roads were really better fit for, for horse carriages, <laughs> horse-drawn carriages than for cars, right? And she headed out and, and uh, when she ran out of juice, um, she had to stop at a pharmacy and actually bought something, which was a, a kind of detergent, which people used at the time to clean up stains on clothing. And she bought, you know, liters and liters of that and filled up uh, filled up the first car's engine with that to keep going. And so you know, range anxiety is not new, but it definitely <laughs> still exists. Well, I don't know if Bertha ever made it to the Audubon, but you did on day three. What was it like to drive that Tesla on the Audubon? The uh, experience uh, depends how you look at it, but uh, the experience was certainly interesting. Uh, the Autobahn is uh, known for not having a speed limit, of course, and so... Germans are attached to their driving very, very fast. And so, um, you know, the, the Tesla is, is known for that uh, intense acceleration that it, it can provide. And so the electric motor for people who are fans of, of driving, you know, is definitely enjoyable for being able to just step your foot down and feel that acceleration and, and pass everyone else <laughs> pretty pretty seamlessly. Uh, the downside to that, of course, is that, you know, uh, batteries of electric vehicles uh, react to the way that you use the vehicle. And typically, highway driving uh, is something that will drain the battery much quicker than, um, you know, a stroll in the city or at a, mm-hmm. at a slower speed. The faster uh, you go, the more juice you use. Exactly. And, you know, same, same thing for a gas tank, really. But in the case of a, an electric battery, then you have a little bit of trouble anticipating how your battery is going to react, depending on how fast you're driving or whether all of a sudden you, you get this urge to, you know, pass, uh, pass someone very quickly or accelerate. Uh, same goes for, you know, putting on, putting on the heating in the car. That makes the battery power mm-hmm. a little bit unpredictable. So it takes us to the final day, the trip home. Walk us through that part. So on, uh, so I, I did make it to to Mannheim, as I said, and then you know went down Bertha Benz's route a little bit, and then had to come back and started uh, heading back to to Paris. And you know a lot of what I wanted to do on the way back because I'd used superchargers a lot on the way there, and I'd used you know slower chargers at uh, hotels. Uh, I wanted on the way back to really try some of the alternatives and rival um, charging mm-hmm. infrastructures. And so you know they have they have funny names like. Uh, Allego and uh, Kiwi, and um, they're not as well-known, of course, as the Tesla brand. And most of them, um, you know, you had, to, you had to figure out how to use them. You had no way to figure it out before getting there. You had quite a few surprises. So one of them, I you know, got off the highway and drove for miles and looked for it. 
And then when I got there, it turns out it was actually at a, at a BMW dealership. And so it was reserved solely for BMW cars. And so I went in and asked the, the, the clerk, you know, if I could charge my Tesla there. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he kind of laughed and said, uh, maybe wasn't that welcome there. Uh, and this is the kind of thing that, you know, trying out the rival infrastructure, I ran into quite a bit of, you know, badges that I should have pre-ordered that I didn't have or apps that didn't work or, um, or power stations that just weren't compatible with my Tesla. And so on the drive back to Paris, it was actually hit into quite a bit of frustration with how, how diverse this infrastructure is, um, how a little bit of standardization and more information will probably make it easier for, for consumers who are new to electric to figure things out. So would you do this trek all over again? And if you were to, what would you do differently? I would definitely do this trip again, because even if the infrastructure deployment seems to be going a little bit slow, at least from a user perspective, uh, it's interesting to see how fast the cars are evolving. Now, the, the range on the latest uh, Teslas is much more than the one from 2015 that I was driving in this case. Um, you know, Renault is coming out with models that have bigger and bigger range. A lot of the rival car makers are, you know, promising faster charging and, um, and better batteries. Battery power. So I think you know, even in, in just a couple of months, uh, redoing this trip would probably feel a lot uh, different. Now, the main point I think uh, is the learning curve to be able to drive full electric all the time, including for longer distances. And before I left on my trips, um, you know, a lot of people told me, "Don't do what you usually do. Do the opposite. <laughs> I.e., don't just you know fill up the tank and drive and." think of your road trip as kind of just you going wherever you want. Uh, think first um, of, of where you're going to charge and stop a lot and charge just a little along the way. And that actually, you know, is, is very, very different from what I'm used to. Uh, and so if I did it again, I would be curious to know, you know, if, if I would feel a little bit more of the freedom that you get from road trips rather than feeling like I have to plan my trip around the charging. And that's really what I'd be curious to see and the reason I'd want to do it over again. Marie, thanks so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you. Make sure to follow Marie on Twitter. She's at Marie underscore A underscore Paris. That's the TikTok for today. Thanks for listening and please head on over to iTunes and let us know what you think. I'm David Myers. You can follow me on Twitter at David F. Myers and you get all your updates 24-7 at TikTok.